Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Okay, we're here. I'll show you. Dude, this is a national ballpark museum. They've got displays about all the great old ballparks, not old ball players. And I do mean old. Hey, that's not what I heard. I heard they got a display that features the first homegrown color Rocky. That would be me. Okay, look, there's Bruce Hellerstein over there. He owns the place. Let's go ask him. Hey, that's fine with me. Hi, Bruce. How's it going? Manny, Mark, good to see you guys. Come on in. Hey, Bruce, Manny here doesn't believe me. He doesn't believe you've got a Mark Knudsen display here at your museum. Well, he's sort of right. Right over here, we've got a display all about the Denver Zephyrs. I'm pretty sure Mark's Zephyrs baseball card is in there somewhere. Oh, his minor league card. I got you. Hey, it's something, right? If you say so. So, you two just come down here to see the displays? Actually, we're getting ready to do our podcast. Oh, wow. That's great. I had no idea they let you back on the air, Mark. What's your show called? It's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Give me a Knudsen. Knudsen! Thank you. As the Colorado Rockies continue their efforts to rebuild with young talent, a lot of folks have their eyes on players like Zach Fien and Drew Romo. Both these future Rockies are currently members of the AA Hartford Yard Goats. If you're into stats, so far it's been equal parts struggles and successes. We wanted to find out more about these players and others at AA to see what might be on the horizon. We're joined this week by Dom Amore of the Hartford Current for some unfiltered thoughts on what Veen, Romo, and others might have to offer as future Rockies. That comes up next on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Stay with us. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. We're back with Bruce Hellerstein, the owner of the National Ballpark Museum across from Coors Field. Bruce, a lot of baseball fans probably haven't been there. Tell them what they're missing. Well, Mark, uh, we're the only museum that is totally dedicated to the old classic ballparks, as well as the history of uh, baseball here in Denver and Colorado. We pride ourselves on being the home of those activities so people can uh, appreciate them. And with respect to the old ballparks, uh, I look at it, not only are they classic and built in location, they are American treasures. How can one think of America without mentioning the Fenways and the Wrigley's, for example? Tell them what they got to do to come see you. Well, we're open regular hours from 11 to 5 daily, with the exception of Sunday. And when we have Rocky home games, we will expand those hours as uh, needed. You got to come see it, Bruce. It's a wonderful place. The National Ballpark Museum on Blake Street, just across from Coors Field. Bruce, thanks. My pleasure, Mark. Many of the uh, Rockies are... Again, scuffling along just like we thought they would, and it's all about the future and all that. But uh, we haven't we checked in a couple of weeks ago with the people in Albuquerque to kind of get an assessment of what's going on there. Um, no pitching help imminent there, as as we know. But Double A and Single are kind of where the Rockies, the thrust of the Rockies farm system is right now, at least from a promotional standpoint. And we're lucky enough to be joined this week by Don Amore from the Hartford Current. Uh, Don, you, Don, you've been covering the, uh, the yard goats a little bit off and on as the early early part of the season. We kind of wanted to get an objective view of what's going on with guys like Zach Bean and Drew Romo because we hear all the good stuff, but we don't hear any of the bad yeah. stuff. And, yeah. and you, uh, being a baseball guy, would be able to give us more of a, I don't know, a better indication of how close these guys are to promotion and are they really the help the Rockies are hoping for in the, in the fall or in the, in the future, I should say. Well, I think the one thing with, with prospects uh, of that caliber, the guys you mentioned and a few others, is that, uh, you know, the organization is really looking 
for a chance to promote them. They're, I mean, they're only one hot month away. Yep. Um, maybe giving, making the organization make a decision on them. Uh, I don't, they're, they're just not there right now. Um, and you'll have to remember too, is that the minor league process has changed the last couple of years. You know, those low level levels are gone. You know, the short yep. season is yep. gone. All that's gone. So with guys like a Zach Veen uh, or a Romo, guys right out of high school, you know, you got to move them up to, to maybe high A before they're ready, double A before they're ready. Uh, and you got to give them time there because they didn't get that year at at, uh, at the, the yep. short season level. So, um, you know, both of those guys, I think, are a ways away. Uh, but I think in the case of Zach Veen, as he started his second year, you know, finished last year here, starts this year here. Uh, I think he's starting to make some headway. He's starting to to look a lot better in the month of May than he did in April uh, and kind of show the exciting player that he is. Uh, Drew Romo from seems to be everything that they thought he was going to be defensively. He's, he's a really uh, has tremendous potential as a defensive catcher, still trying to figure out double a pitching. And, and again, he's both of these guys are two or three years younger than the average player in this league, the Eastern league. Wow. That's to be expected as well. So uh, both of those guys, I think are, are, they haven't hurt themselves for sure, but maybe they're not making that, that lightning fast ascension, through the minors that you might've seen if they had that year or two in the low minors. And then they were maybe 22 when they got here. I think that's a really important point, Dom, that Great. they're younger than the average player at their levels, because, you know, they see him in spring, people see him in spring training. They think, well, you know, they, especially with Zach Veen, you know, they see the speed, they see the daring, they see certain yeah. aspects and qualities and they think, wow, I, will, I wish this guy could be up here, you know, and make the team. But you know, I mean, you got to give them, like you said, you got to give them a little run. You got to give them a little time to adapt uh, and adjust. I mean, if you just look at their numbers, they're, they're not really impressive. In fact, they're, they look like as though they're struggling. Yep. Um, whereas, uh, but, but, but we oftentimes forget that they're young. I mean, Drew Roma's yep. 21, Zach means 21. It's, they're not exactly ready. So <clears throat> when they were bumped from uh, up, up to double a, um, in your opinion, were they ready? Were those two guys ready? Well, I think, I think in both cases, it was probably a reach. Uh, but again, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, another thing that's different about the development process today, too, is that, you know, everyone now is is going on the the model that the prime of a career is 26 to 28, not 28 to 20 to 32, right. like it used to be. Yeah, so, you, you know, I mean, you see this with the Yankees, Anthony Volpe, get you got to get him up. He's 21, get him in the major leagues and he's got to complete his development there. So uh, yeah, both of these guys again in a, in a perfect world or in the in the old world of developing players, they would probably be maybe just being considered for Double A right now. Do you uh, think that's 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 a, that's hurt them, or does it depend I, on the player? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think it hurts players anymore because I think they understand all that. I think they're very well educated on all these things, uh, you know. And I also think you have to let a player struggle and adjust and figure it out at each level. You know, when they go up to AAA, they're probably going to struggle at the beginning there and then move up. So I think in the case of Zach Veen, I thought last year he'd, he'd done what they needed him to do in in in, in Class A. Right. He just kind of came here to get a taste of it. Then he had a really good spring training with the big club, really showed some flashes there. Came here. Uh, I think the, you know, the expectation probably was that now, okay, now he's ready. Now he knows what it takes and he's going to go off and running. April was a tough month and as it's bound to be also for a kid from florida 
playing in, in Connecticut in April. Uh, it's bound yeah. to be a little bit of a culture shock too. But uh, he had a much better May than April. You can see the talent there. You see the Daryl Strawberry comparisons, somebody if you're of a certain mm. age, okay. with that, that great all-around athletic ability. Um, and again, he, he is trending better. And, you know, at the end of the day, no one's going to care what kind of full season numbers he puts up in Hartford. It's going to be how he's trending. Yeah. So if he has a big month of June, he could be in AAA in, in July. Uh, you know, Romo started the season in AA. Um, and again, I, th I think a lot of people feel like maybe he could be a major league catcher defensively right now. But, you know, give him time to figure it out. You know, another guy that that to, to use this as an example, Grant Levine, the first round pick, has been here for a while. And right now, this past month, they're really starting to see that he's figuring things out and having more patient at bats, more disciplined at bats, drawing more walks. And he seems to be a guy that's kind of on the upswing. So I think I think you're going to see that with both Veen and Romo uh, coming along as they spend more time here. Veen first, and probably Romo second. You're making a really strong you're making a really strong case for sending these kids to college before they start. <laughs> Uh, because, yeah, they just, well, see, but see, that's the problem with that is now in college, particularly now with the shorter draft. Yep. Well, now they're, they're 22, 23 before they get drafted. Yeah. So now they got to make it right away or not. You know, I just got through covering UConn baseball and almost their whole team. They're all fifth and sixth year guys because of the backlog and, and they're in college baseball. Now they're all 23, 24. That's not necessarily what you want either. Nope. So the Rockies got these guys at a young age and, but they have to understand, everyone involved has to understand it's going to take time to develop them as, as professionals. I was talking to I was talking to Drew Goodman the other day before a game, and he said, uh, back on the last homestand, he said, my, my nephew's doing pretty well uh, down there. Yes. Um, Hunter Goodman. Now, now, for those who aren't aware, that's not actually Drew's nephew, but uh, he likes to joke about that because everyone's like, oh, how's your nephew doing? So Hunter Goodman is uh, just by the uh, the slugging. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. He's got 16 homers in 187 at bats there. Um, how is he trending? Let's go there. Yeah. He's got 51 RBIs. If, if you're into counting stats, he has 51 RBIs and, wow. uh, and he's leading the league by a lot. I think the second place guy is 37. Um, yeah, it's funny. I was talking to again, UConn coach, Jim Penders, you know, uh, Hunter played in the American conference with uh, Memphis and as soon as I mentioned his name to Jim Penders, he just said, oh, God, can he hit, you know? Yeah. Uh, so his bat is elite right now at the AA level. Uh, and that's saying something because the AA level has always been known as a pitcher's league. Uh, pitcher's ballparks, a lot of them are, not necessarily Hartford, but pitcher's ballparks and the weather. But his bat is, is obviously pretty close to where you want to think about maybe moving him up. His problem is going to be finding a position. You know, he's not really a catcher. I think he could he could be a, a catcher in a pinch. I think he's much more first base DH is where you want to think of with him. Rockies don't have any of those, do they, right, Manny? Yeah, well, he's right. got the Montero. I was yeah. going to say he's got the Montero yeah. syndrome. Yeah, you know? but but if you can find it, well, you know what, though? If you can hit, they'll find a place for you. And this True. kid looks like he can hit. I mean, he really, you know, to be doing what he's doing in the double A at the double A level is not something that you, you could just write off or take lightly because – not a lot of guys uh, catch fire hitting in this league. It's how's this play, how's this plate discipline, by the way? Because I mean, he's his his slugging is off the charts, but everything mm -hmm. else is pretty pedestrian in the slash line. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it could use a little bit of work for sure. It could oh. use some work. Uh, you know, again, that's something where Grant Levine, I think, is really showing some strides there. 
But, uh, you know, when you see that raw power uh, manifest itself at double A, it gets your attention. Hey, Dom, a year ago, Ezekiel Tovar put up good good numbers in, in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Spent very little time in AAA before the Rockies brought him up. Was hurt in Albuquerque. He didn't get to play very much there. Um, do you think the Rockies were impatient with him? He's doing fine now. He started off a little slow. Mm-hmm. He's doing great now. Um, but he seems to be, I guess, what they're looking for for the next wave of guys to come through. We'll just stop you off in Albuquerque and hustle you up here. Yeah. Could that be more damaging than than helpful, in your opinion, to guys like Bean and Romo? You know, I, I think, like, as I was saying before, I think players today are much more uh, hip to what's going on. I think they they understand those things. Uh, and, and, and I don't think it, it's the – the confidence killer that it would have been in past generations. I think that the modern generation of, of player understands that, but, you know, Tovar, much like, as I mentioned, Anthony Volpe in New York, uh, a big time prospect had a terrific year at double a before he got hurt. Uh, and when you look at what triple a is today, which is basically an extension of the major league bench, you have, you know, you have veteran players coming and going, uh, coming up and down, you know, you're bringing relievers up for one game, sending them back and all of that. Um, you know, I don't know that it's necessary for a really big time prospect who's done well in double A that he needs a lot of time in triple A, uh, you know, uh, except for if you don't have room for him in the major leagues and that's a good place for him to spend uh, where he could, where he could face more experienced players and pitchers. But uh, no, I think, you know, if you're the Rockies and you got a guy like Tovar, Bring him up and let him continue to develop in, in the major league level. If he, you know, he was even younger compared right. to the average player last year in, in this league. And he really tore it up. He was very impressive before he got hurt. So, you know, I do think they did the right thing there. And, and knowing again that he, he may not set the world on fire the first couple of months, but I think you got to give him time and let him play. The Rockies can afford to do that. They're not, they're not trying to win the division, or at least they're not in a position to, to go for a division title right now that I could see. Yeah, Don't well, say the R word. Don't say it. Right. They will not to use that rebuild. word. They will not use the word rebuild, but they are. At least we know that they are. Uh, internally, it seems they know that that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't so sure in years in recent years past um, with all the talk of competing and everything. But um, yeah, they won't use the word rebuild, but they but, but it's pretty clear that's what they're doing. On that topic, uh, 10 of the top 30 on MLB pipeline for the Rockies are at double a and there's kind of, you know, we got, there are a few names at triple a obviously that are trying to, I mean, totally has been kind of shuttling back and forth. Right. And Montero. Uh, there are some names there, but really uh, the bulk of it is down there at Hartford or is out there at Hartford or back there, I should say back East. But um, which of these guys right now, do you feel like has the fastest track to the big leagues? Because what's happening here around here, I think in Denver is you've got the fans are kind of, they're going to go into this place where once they start dealing veterans, which they ought to, the guys on their last year, their contract, you know, CJ Crone and uh, you know, yeah. Mike Moustakis and people like that, yeah. Jerks and Profar, they're going to have this dearth of, um, of kind of, or this big gap between double A and here. What we're wondering what's going to happen to fill that. So, Who's on the fast track and who's going to need a little more time, in your opinion? Well, one guy that's really been uh, making some strides, a little bit older and is making some strides. I'm going to butcher his last name, but it's Vladimir uh, Rustillo. I think his name is Rustillo. But he, he's he been playing great. Uh, and again, he's a guy that can really play center field. And he's a guy that can run. Uh, uh, by the way, you know, Zach Veen, I think, is, is 19 for 20 in stolen bases. Uh, keep that yeah. in mind. 
Um, but no, he looked, I mean, he looked spring training up. I mean, spring, yeah, uh, in yeah. terms of on the base paths, he was pretty, pretty uh, exciting. Yes. But I think, uh, you know, if they need somebody right away, right now, it would probably be Vladimir uh, because he's playing very well. Uh, but I think Zach Veen, again, because of the talent, because he's been, you know, he's got some experience because he's experiencing failure for the first time now. Uh, he's probably on a faster track than you would think looking at his numbers, because once he does find his way out of it, once he does figure out double A, once he does uh, learn to adjust to fail, he's very hard on himself, by the way, he's a kid that's really, really expects a lot of himself. Uh, and that might be something that he's got to learn, uh, you know, playing the ultimate game of failure, right? Baseball. Yep. Um, but I think he's the guy that once he gets out of this period that he's in right now, this blue period, if you will, and gets out of it, I think he's going to zoom right up to the major leagues. I think that I really think so that that could be an ETA of a, you know twenty four then in other it words it could be an ETA and it could be an ETA of September twenty three because mm -hmm. you could very easily like I said I could envision him having a hot month and then okay let's send him the AAA and then like Tovar let's bring him up uh, maybe Tovar Tolia was like that yeah. you know and yeah. they just yeah Tolia struggled here for quite a while mm -hmm. and then Todd Helton came by and worked with him for a couple of weeks last year and he. He just took off from there. And then next thing you know, he was in the major leagues. So I think, uh, you know, uh, because of the talent and the pedigree, I really think Zach Veen is closer than you think. It's just that he's got to find his way out of the struggles that he's, that he's experiencing right now. Uh, you know, I think probably, um, you know, Romo's a ways away because he's so young and he's just got here. Um, but again, another and he's guy, got, I mean, he's got to be able to hit major league pitching at, be able at to a hit minimum, right? At, at a minimum. But he is a guy that I think if he gets hot, uh, you know, you're going to say, well, okay, well, what do we need to keep him you know, where he is much longer? So, you know, I do think that that all these – with an organization like the Rockies, it's had a – you know, they've brought a lot of guys up from Hartford. A lot of guys – it's not like other organizations where guys, you know, they, they get close to the major leagues and they never get called up or they kind of stall or they get traded. The Rockies bring kids up and stick them in there. Uh and I think you'll see that with with these we, with these guys too. Okay, gentlemen, yeah, I, we we've talked ahead. for fifteen minutes and we haven't addressed the the, the biggest need here: pitching. They, yeah. this is, uh, there's a dearth of starting pitching, especially in this organization at the above a ball. Um, we we talked to the Albuquerque guys a couple of weeks ago. They didn't offer much hope. For yeah. What was going on in Albuquerque? Let's just anybody, put it this way: well, we in yeah, terms anybody, of Albuquerque, help. there was nothing there uh, no, virtually, no, no. And, yeah, and, and and so and, we're and, all everything's on you, man. Everything's yes, on Hartford. And, and, and sadly, I think that's a similar case right now in Hartford, at least from what we've seen so far. Oh, wow. Okay. The starting pitching has really been has been a bit of a disappointment. They've had some good relief, some good work out of the bullpen, although from some older guys. But those are guys that can that can be uh, that can make it to the major leagues if they figure out a pitch. But you know, Chris McMahon has done a little bit better lately. Uh, he's pitching against Somerset this week. Uh, the Yankees, which are they're 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 double A. Uh, teams are always stacked with double A talent that's not necessarily headed up. So it'll see what what I'm interested to see what McMahon looks like when he starts on Wednesday. But he's been pitching a little bit better lately. Case Williams has been kind of up and down. I, I don't, but I don't see immediate starting pitching help on the horizon horizon at Hartford unless somebody really does get get very hot very quickly. That's very interesting and very important to note because very depressing. <laughs> uh, it's important to note because, uh, I mean, you know, with, with the Rockies pitching depth, 
being what it is, especially this year with all the injuries, uh, it's Kyle Freeland and then everybody else, you know, it's yeah. like, um, but I mean, Jan Gombers pitched pretty well. Um, and, and there were, there have been some, some flashes from other guys, but it's been just injury after injury, you know, um, it, it, and, you know, we're, and, you know, Lambert's gotten in there a little bit. So I, I think, um, given the way the Rockies situation is right now and the fact that there's nothing at triple a virtually to speak of uh, mm-hmm. pitching wise and then nothing at double a virtually in terms of, unless there are some surprises and things like that mm-hmm. um this is a at the major league level they're gonna have to start figuring some things out yeah. and that very much may involve making some trades out of their minor league depth because all the mm-hmm. depth is down at a high a and double a uh, well as, as you mentioned they have uh they they have some uh, they have a lot of first base DH types, right? Yeah, so, right. So that's you know, their they've got they've got some people there that they could that they could certainly deal for maybe either young pitchers or or experienced pitchers. You know, the the Rockies for as long as they've been in existence, and you guys probably know better than I. I mean, I know when they first expanded into the National League all those years ago, the idea was develop pitchers and buy hitters, right? Right, develop pitchers because you're going to have a hard time getting free agents to come sign and go play at Coors Field. So it, it, it's 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 turned a little bit on its head now. So and that's yeah, really they, the difficulty. That's yeah. really the difficulty because, you know, Bill Schmidt has said over and over, we're a draft and develop organization. Well, the track record, especially, you know, given what you just mentioned with the pitchers, mm-hmm. not so good if you're nope. a draft and develop uh, organization, particularly on the, on the pitching side of things. Mm-hmm for that very reason. And right. so, I mean, there was that window in 2017 and 18. I think Bud Black deserves a lot of credit for what he did with mm-hmm. that young staff uh, at that time where you had Freeland and Marquez at the right. peak of their powers. And uh, Sentatella was even pitching pretty well. And uh, it, you had the makings there of a, of a, of a three or four top three or four. And, and John Gray long, too. At the time. And John right. Gray, long-term salute, long-term situation. And everything when everything crumbled, along with uh, you know Arenado leaving and Story leaving and LeMahieu mm-hmm. leaving, um, it, I mean, really, this is this is actually a very um, this insight about the pitching at Double A is very troubling. I think if you're yeah. a Rockies fan, because yeah. that means they are going to have to address it from external uh, sources. They're going to have to go outside the organization, um, and that goes right against their mantra of uh, you know draft and develop because. Um, guys, we want our guys, we want guys that we can kind of, you know, groom along the way, teach along the way on how to deal with altitude, uh, you know, going and playing in Albuquerque but, and getting lit up and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't though, Manny, because, um, I mentioned this before when, when I, I ended up with the Brewers after being, I was with the Astros, I got traded to the Brewers because of a game I pitched against the Brewers in Vancouver. Hmm. They saw me there. I pitched a good game in Vancouver. They, they, they make a trade for me. I'm wondering, Dom, if you've seen any guys on other Eastern League affiliates, other teams you've watched play that the Rockies might see and say, hey, you know, that guy might fit in here. Maybe we peddle a, a, a CJ Crone and we bring somebody like that into our organization, a high quality double A arm that we can then d- develop. We didn't draft him, but we can develop him. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't name a whole lot of them off because I haven't seen a lot of the teams in the league, to be honest with you. Uh, so I can't necessarily uh, speak to that. But, you know, uh, you know, the Yankees always have, uh, arms in their organization. They, 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 they're always developing guys and they probably have a couple of guys, a couple of top prospects that you're going to that, that Hartford will see uh, this week uh, that might, and, and, and the Yankees can use, you know, some bats in a couple of places too. They so, need first baseman. We got first basemen and DHs. We got lots of those. 
Yeah, well, there you go. And and well, uh, and, and corner know. outfielders. <laughs> yeah, so, they got yeah, this guy. I, I mean, they got this guy in Rizzo over there. And, yeah, you know, but the know. other thing, yeah, but but you know what, Rizzo's not signed forever. Um, sure. But you know, you, you have to keep in mind though too when we talk about the pitching here in Hartford that uh, it is a cold weather climate, and pitchers yep. do sometimes need some time to get to get through that. And also, it, it, it Hartford is a hitter's ballpark, especially left-handed hitter's ballpark. Hmm. And, but also, you know, it's still early in the season. And, yeah. you know, when guys start to develop, you know, when the light goes on, it goes on. Uh, and so I wouldn't necessarily, again, it's been a disappointment to this point, but that doesn't mean that we might have a completely different conversation about their pitch. The guy that intrigues, the guy intrigues me most is Case Williams. You mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Drafted in the COVID draft, um, pedaled to Cincinnati, brought back. Yeah. But he's a local kid. He's from he's from here. He's from yeah. the altitude. He's from the conditions. That's been something Bud Black has told both Manny and I. He really sure. likes the local guys because they're not afraid of the altitude. Right, right. Do you see long – is Case Williams long-term going to be a starter, a reliever? What have you seen from him that you like? Well, I think what I, I think he, he's got enough of a repertoire to be a starter. And I think when you see that, because uh, that's so hard to find now, that you got to stick with a guy until he really shows you, convinces you that he can't do it. Yep. So I think I, I would say he's a starter for the foreseeable future until he just shows that that he can't do it. But I think he has enough of a repertoire to be a starter, and and, and McMahon does too. I, I just think uh, again, they're, they're you know it doesn't mean they don't have it in them, but right. they, but but for the most part, those who are around the yard goats every day feel like starting pitching has been a little bit a little bit shy of expectations to this point. And that sets up a really interesting situation in a cup in about a month or two yep. when the trade deadline comes yep. around, because given that, unless something radically changes between now and then the, the Rockies are really going to hope that Profar keeps hitting and they're going to really hope that Rockies kind of catches fire mm-hmm. at the right time. Richick has hit well. So they, yep. that's good. Um, Cause in past years, they, they have had issues with, um, they don't let go well. They don't let go. Yeah. They don't let go well, and uh, they also um, there that you got to you got to you know you got to talk about the luck element because CJ Crone got hit in the hand, and then right. the season was gone after that. Nobody wanted him. Trevor Story, from what we've that been arm. told, we had Mike Fein, Mark Feinstein on here. We were told that people really did not offer much at all for Trevor Story. So, so, or John Gray, apparently. Right. Um, so they, some of it's luck and, but, but you gotta, you gotta strike when the iron's hot. And if you got Gritchick and Profar still hitting at this time next month, you gotta pull the trigger. If they don't do it at this point, that's going to, I think, leave a lot of fans dejected because they yeah. think, well, we got a different GM now. He's got something to work with in terms of trade bait. Um, we have yeah. nothing pitching wise really coming any time in the right. near future and we need to make it happen. So this has been a very valuable, uh, very valuable insight from you on this because I don't think a lot of people know what's beyond AAA, and uh, right. for for us to know that you know again, pending you know somebody figuring out the light bulb turning on, there's not much there. So that's, that's well, good. you know, and Mark, I'm sure you know this better than I do. Uh, every organization will tell you, you know, we have a lot of prospects, but they're at the low level. <laughs> we have a lot of, pro- we have a yeah. lot of prospects, but the, but they're in Class A. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Uh, because it's only when they start to move up that you see that they're not yep. really prospects. So I'm sure that's yeah. probably what the Rockies would tell you. Hey, we have pitching, but right now it's at the very low level. That's why, you know, they, what they need to do maybe is restock the higher levels a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
right? And, and, because... and I do think that they have, as you mentioned, they have the they have pieces that could be very attractive to a contending team. Guys who could play off the bench, guys with a lot of experience. And Charlie Blackman's even a guy, you know, yeah. and that one's a hard that that one we we don't know about because the Rockies, right. he's the type of guy the Rockies keep. Because it's Charlie yeah. Blackman, you can't trade Charlie yeah. Blackman. Well, you know what? You, you, you got to keep some people, some players, because they're fan, they're fan favorites. I mean, I'm really kind of surprised for that reason they didn't keep Arenado. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I think that Arenado was just a disgruntled employee. Yeah, um, well, then, then, then you got to move him, right? If, if that's the case, you got to move him. But, and then the yeah. then the guy who disgruntled him was gone a month later. Right, was gone a month later. But you know, the deadline trades. You know, they're only as good as the people making them. Yeah. So if you've got confidence in the guy that's making those trades, they could get something done. You know, they've got pieces that yep, they could they trade. And, and yeah, they got to look, they've got to look for, you know, double A, triple A pitchers, guys who might be majorly ready right. before because that's what they don't have. And have you guys have, have you guys seen Bill Schmidt? Has he been out there? Do you see him around any at all? Uh, I, I have not, but I haven't been in the last few homestands, so I don't know if he's been out here. That's the question yeah. with Bill Schmidt is um, we haven't seen what he's got yet because mm-hmm. as far as exactly uh, right. the, the GM chops, you know, because, uh, you know, last year was kind of weird because it was his first year and, the, and then COVID, he took over in the middle of that uh, mm-hmm. or his first year, I guess, was 2020. So it was just mm-hmm. everything was weird. So we haven't really gotten a chance to see it, which makes this next month or two even more interesting because we're going to see, like you said, uh, what's he got, you know, in terms of negotiating a, uh, yeah. and, and engineering a good trade because he doesn't have a GM background. He's uh, he's very well respected as a scouting guy for, and for good reason. And I think, and he's very quiet, you know, he's not the type of guy that's going to go and, um, you know, give you a lot of clues as to what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I think also why he's kind of a mystery to everyone. And we'll, we'll know a lot more on uh, August 1st. Absolutely. No. It's it's kind of, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's put up a shut up time, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if you're a draft and develop organization, you're not going to go out and sign free agents and no, nobody here wants them to do that anymore because they yeah. proved to be so crappy at it. Okay. We don't want them to go out. Well, I mean, exhibit, no. exhibit, whatever, I don't yeah. know how far down the alphabet we are now, but Chris but, Bryant, you know, now he's yeah. become a singles hitter and uh, yeah. you know, there's injuries. There's, the, you know, somebody yeah. on Twitter mentioned they come here to deteriorate. You know, players yeah. come here to deteriorate. Well, that that gets back to what we were saying before that that guys, once you're 31, 32, yeah. you're 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 on the other side. How many guys do you see retiring at 31, 32 now that in the old days would have probably hung on until they were 38, 39, maybe yeah. tried to come back? You know, you're done at that age now, and that's why, you know, the big unless it's a real centerpiece guy like an Aaron Judge or a Mike Trout, you know, you really got to think twice before you 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 commit eight, nine years and, and, and hundreds of millions of dollars to somebody. You got to be, first of all, your, your roster, you have to be in a position where you do that because you're, you're that close. And then secondly, you've got to be, uh, you know, you, you got to really have a belief and a need that you got to keep that player uh, on yeah. your roster. How but, much, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious what they have to do. They have to trade, trade their veteran hitters for young pitchers. Yeah. And uh, there are probably a lot of teams out there in that boat but not as you know, many as you not as many in the past though, because more teams are yeah. in the hunt now. More teams think that's they have true. a shot. That so, is very true. I, you know, my question, Manny, and, and we've talked about this before. You say next month at this time. When is it too early to start making these moves? When when would you? I mean, well, the problem, looking, you know, the problem is, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to start start making calls. I think the problem is is that things aren't as well defined in terms of the pennant race and everything else. Even with three wild cards, as they will be at this time. Mm-hmm. 
next month. And so, uh, you know, that's why so much activity is uh, is a whirlwind, uh, literally on July 28, 29, 30, 31, because like everyone's waiting to see, like, you know, like, 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 I don't remember when Crone got hurt, but it's like, if they made that trade too early, and let's say Crone gets hurt, you know, you don't know that. It's, I mean, it's a different set of situ- a set of circumstances, but uh, or let's say somebody goes into a slump. That's probably a better example. Like, let's say somebody goes into a slump who was an attractive trade candidate, and you started and you went, you pulled the trigger on that way too early as the receiving team for a guy like C.J. Crone or Jerickson Profar, and then he starts slumping. Um, better to wait as far as close to the deadline as you can, so you you have an, a, a clear understanding of what you need and what they ha- what the other side has doesn't hurt to start calling, but no, well, uh, you know, you, you know what, what, and again, my, my, going back to my years covering the Yankees, uh, when they were in this position every year and they're still in this position every year, you know, you, you got to look at, for instance, the American league East, which is such a, a tough division and so tight, so many good teams there that if somebody has a player go down with an injury, they may not be able to wait or want to fine. wait. Until the, the deadline to make a trade, they depends may on where you are. Place him now, yeah. and that's when you can get high value for yeah. an experienced hitter. So you have to pick your spots and be opportunistic. And you know, if the if you know if uh, a Stanton goes down again, if Rizzo goes down, and 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 the Yankees, you know what, we got to get somebody right now. We can't wait till. July. That's a great point because you can't fall further and further behind. Right. Then that's how. Then, that, then then that's how a, a team like the Rockies could probably you know, uh, get more in June than they would get in July. Mm -hmm. But if that's not the case, then yeah, you're better off waiting until July and teams are at their most desperate. And then maybe you get the highest value. Well, Hey guys, do guys at the, at, at, at double a and those levels keep track, how much do they keep track? Kind of a, kind of a, just a, uh, random. How can you not? Yeah. You know, they, they say they don't. Yeah. But how can you not? But you know, you know, they do because with social media, it's there. Yep. Right. You know, and, and, and so they know, I'm sure they know. And a lot of them in the back of their minds are probably thinking, you know, I don't want to get traded. Who wants to get traded? I don't want to get traded. But the smarter ones are thinking, hey, you know what? If I go there, I could go in the major leagues right now. Yep. Well, that's so, the difference, man, is that you go to the difference. big leagues right now. And the Rockies, let's face it, the Rockies. Um, there's lots of opportunities. I'm going to oversimplify yeah. this. I'm going to oversimplify this. The Rockies are a team that if you gave everybody their choice of who to draft, who would draft you, I don't think the Rockies would be very high on that list because of the complexities of Denver, because of the recent history of the team, things like that. Obviously, that when you go to a more competitive team, you're blocked from potentially uh, promotions and getting uh, to the yeah. big league sooner. Um, so it kind of seems like it's a balance between that and going to a team where you can, within a couple of years, maybe there, there's something. And, there. I, and I don't see any way, way a hitter doesn't like the idea of coming to Coors Field. Yes, there's the hangover part of the road trips. And yes, there's the climate the difficulty with your conditioning and all that. But man, what an attractive place to hit. Not home, not necessarily home run hitters, just hit. It's, a, mean, it's a great place to hit. And that's an interesting conversation. And we may have to do another podcast with that that as a theme because – I feel like, and I was talking to Garrett Hampson, I was, who came, when he came back here, I was talking to Nolan when he came back here. It's like, how is it easier now? Is mm-hmm. it easier? Is it more? Is it better to not have to worry about the hangover and coming back down every two weeks and not and seeing a real breaking ball for the first mm-hmm. time? And because we, we've said it, you know, we've discussed it ad nauseum. Every, virtually every Rockies team in the history of this franchise has hit poorly on the road. Doesn't right. matter. 
it's not a personnel issue. It's very clear. I mean, you've had the Blake Street Bombers, you've had Todd Helton, you've had Matt Holiday, you had Nolan Arenado, you've had uh, you know, Charlie Blackman, all these guys. So it's not that it's not that they can't hit, it's that no one can really, or yeah. everyone's, you know, what they can do is 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 uh really um it, it really they they have to bring it down a bar when they go on the road and you know i've gotten responses that i thought i might get which is yeah it's really great hitting here but man it's also nice to not have to worry about how how our home road splits are because they really are a big deal now that we have advanced metrics Mm -hmm. back in the 90s you know when the blake street bombers are here their their big numbers were going to be big numbers no matter how you looked at them Mm -hmm. now we have park adjusted numbers now we have everything else to look at and i think i wonder how much the players themselves look at that stuff and say, wow, this is a huge, huge difference. Well, you know what? I think uh, particularly for players who are getting drafted, uh, who have some leverage or whatever, I think the most important thing today is what's, what's the franchise's reputation for developing yes. hitters and pitchers? Are you the Dodgers? I if, yeah. I or would are you the Rockies? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would think, I would think if you're a pitcher, you'd want to be drafted first and foremost, by Cleveland because yeah, of their, and their right. tremendous reputation in yep. developing developing young pitchers and what they've We're done. We're even seeing it this year years. again. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and if you're a hitter, what organizations have the best reputation for developing, you know, hitters? So right. I think that's that's really what it comes down to. And, and I think obviously right now, Rockies, you know, they've had Helton come through the organization uh, doing things. So t- tell us a little bit. What do you, what do you know about how that's all gone? I mean, you you mentioned it a little bit earlier, briefly about how he worked in Michael Tolia, um, yeah. but but what uh, how's that been, with Todd? Well, I mean, I thought uh, when he came here, uh, you know, Tolia had really been struggling. He'd been struggling for his first year and his second year, uh, and Todd was here with um, uh, with Clint Hurdle, and they spent about a week here. He got he, that was where he got ejected from a game for no, for, that was uh, Albuquerque. They spent a week here and it seemed like, um, you know, he really had a positive effect on Tolia. And the next thing you knew, Tolia was in the major leagues. So that kind of thing can make a difference. It's nice to have when you have that kind of that one on one uh, thing going. Does it make a difference when it's a former player versus you're one of your hitting coaches? Uh, does it really make a big difference? Well, most of your form, most of your hitting coaches are former players. I mean, they're former yeah. players, but I, I'll say this: a former player, like a star of the organization, oh, for yeah. example, like when yeah. Walker Walker did it for a little bit, Dirk yeah. did it for a little bit, DeBichette did it for a little bit. Then he still yeah. does it. Yeah, you know, as we know, uh, organizations have gotten away from uh, the big yes. name, the big star, and they and, and they want more technicians, guys yeah. who are established as you know mechanics, instructors, etc. Yep. And I think it's a very good thing to have both. I think it's a very good thing to have a guy. It's like it's a different dynamic when it's a yeah, star player. Yeah, to teach a guy how to hit, how to swing, all these different things. All that stuff is great. But I think when a guy gets to a certain point, having a guy like Todd Helton put his arm around him and 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 maybe teach him the mental aspects of the game. You know, there's a difference. You know, do you teach somebody how to execute pitches or do you teach somebody how to get guys out? You teach somebody how to hit or to swing or how to hit. And I think that's, I think when a guy's ready to be taught how to hit, it's certainly nice to have a guy like Todd Helton around to teach that. Hey Dom, before we let you go, we got to wrap this up. Um, You got vacation time coming up? I got some. Yeah. Uh, July 14th, 15th, right after the all-star break, 14th, 15th, 16th, New York Yankees at Coors Field, right after the (laughs) all-star break. 
You need to come on out and, and we got to hopefully Stanton's healthy. We need to see what we got. Yeah. You know, I was, I was out there with the Yankees in 2002. Yep. And the thing I remember about it most was there were, there were really bad forest fires nearby. And <laughs> there, there was ash, you know, floating around in the air. You know, you were breathing. Well, you'd, you'd, be glad to know, you'd be glad to know we've had nothing but rain for the last month. We yeah. have, it's been and, but I just remember, you know, Mike Messina, who was such a crotchety, you know, yeah. uh, pitcher creature of habit, just went nuts that he had a pitch in that environment <laughs> and, he got that. and he got killed and he complained about it for about two months. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, we really appreciate it, Dom. Uh, doing great work for the Hart Hartford Current. Um, we look forward to talking to you again down the road. Great information. Thanks, uh, Dom. Aaron, this come is really on great. Out, see, come on out see the Yankees and the Rockies. We'll have a good time. Yeah, I'd love to do it. All right, guys. So take Thank care. You you later. Right. There he goes. Yeah. Dom Amore from the Hartford Current uh, giving us the lowdown. Not necessarily nerves we wanted to hear about the pitching, Manny, because we were kind of hoping there's some diamonds in the rough we haven't heard about. Doesn't seem to be the case. But anyway, Dom, thanks very much. Yeah, thank and you got a closer for me? Yep, coming in. All right, man, I'll be back to close this one out right after this. Stay, stay with us. It's the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. We will be back. We're back with Bruce Hellerstein, the owner of the National Ballpark Museum across from Coors Field. Bruce, a lot of baseball fans probably haven't been there. Tell them what they're missing. Well, Mark, uh, we're the only museum that is totally dedicated to the old classic ballparks, as well as the history of uh, baseball here in Denver and Colorado. We pride ourselves on being the home of those activities so people can uh, appreciate them. And with respect to the old ballparks, uh, I look at it, not only are they classic and built in location, they are American treasures. How can one think of America without mentioning the Fenways and the Wrigley's, for example? Tell them what they got to do to come see you. Well, we're open regular hours from 11 to 5 daily, with the exception of Sunday and when. We have Rocky home games. We will expand those hours as uh, needed. You got to come see it, Bruce. It's a wonderful place. The National Ballpark Museum on Blake Street, just across from Coors Field. Bruce, thanks. My pleasure, Mark. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. Is Rymac back? Or perhaps the better question is, has Rymac finally arrived? The Rockies have been waiting years for the bat they believe is there to finally show up consistently. And while it's too early to say whether Ryan McMahon is becoming the hitter Colorado has always hoped for, you can't argue with a two-week span over which he's been among the most valuable hitters in baseball. From May 25th through June 5th, his 1.1 Fangraphs war leads the majors. Just ahead of the Rays' Wander Franco, the Marlins' Luis Arise, who as of this moment is hitting 399 the Phillies' Nick Castellanos, and the Astros' Alex Bregman. McMahon has been on a run probably unlike any he's experienced so far at the major league level. Since May 25th, he's hitting 442 with three doubles, a triple, and five home runs. Prior to that, he had four home runs on the entire season. Is this the moment the Rockies have been waiting for with McMahon? Well, let's look at it this way. When Colorado signed McMahon to a six-year, $70 million extension prior to the 2022 season, you could have broken things down this way. If McMahon were to play the type of defense he's capable of at third base and at second base and was a league average hitter, the contract would probably pay for itself. Well, as of now, McMahon's 2023 park-adjusted OPS is 108. That's 8% above the league average hitter. In baseball, you get some hot streaks at the plate and you get some cold streaks. That's only natural. 
During McMahon's career to this point, however, he's had more of the latter. But this time might be different. I know, famous last words. During spring training, McMahon told me that he had shortened his path to the baseball and focused on allowing the pitcher to supply more of the power than he had in the past. Has that borne fruit in his recent surge? Don't know. But if it has, this thing may have legs, and Ryan McMahon may have finally figured things out. Another efficient save from our closer, Manny. That puts the wraps on another episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Don Memori of the Hartford Current for his insight, and as always, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.